0: If I gave you all the ingredients to cook your mama's favorite recipe, do you think you could make it better than her? Tia Mori here. And I'm Terrell.
1: On our new cooking show, Not Like Mama, we challenge everyday people to make their mamas proud with their unique version of the famous family recipe.
0: But here's the twist. Mama's in the kitchen too. After each challenger has prepared their dish, the family is tasting their version right alongside the original.
1: I'm coming for her. I'm coming to take her title. No. You can't have too much yeah.
0: cheese. Uh, kind of dumped it on there.
1: Here comes the fun part.
0: That is a ton of butter.
1: No. That one. Oh, no. He's gonna burn them. Can these contestants pull it off, or will Mama's beloved dish reign supreme? He opened it. Wow. We're missing the sauce.
0: This. Let's see how it's going to taste. <laughs> that is not my
1: recipe. Goodness, we're gonna be here we're all day be. with the garlic.
0: Gonna, oh, <laughs> girl! <laughs> Okay? Yeah. 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 This is so good.
1: This is one of the best things I have ever tasted in my life.
0: This is not like mama. Your daughter can cook. (laughs) 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 She got it from her mama. mama. Mama! Coming soon to a TV near you. Until then, happy cooking.
2: Millions of bacteria, viruses, and fungi live on or inside of us, and maintaining a good, balanced relationship with them is to our advantage. Together, they form the gut microbiome, a rich ecosystem that performs a variety of functions in our bodies. The bacteria in our guts can break down food the body can't digest, produce important nutrients, regulate the immune system, and protect against harmful germs. We don't yet have the blueprint for exactly which good bacteria a robust gut needs, but we do know that it's important for a healthy microbiome to have a variety of bacterial species. Many factors affect our microbiomes, including our environment, medications like antibiotics, and even whether we were delivered by C section or not. Diet, too, is emerging as one of the leading influences on the health of our guts. And while we can't control all these factors, we can manipulate the balance of our microbes by paying attention to what we eat. Dietary fiber from foods like fruits, vegetables, nuts, legumes, and whole grains is the best fuel for gut bacteria. When bacteria digest fiber, they produce short-chain fatty acids that nourish the gut barrier, improve immune function, and can help prevent inflammation, which reduces the risk of cancer. And the more fiber you ingest, the more fiber-digesting bacteria colonize your gut. In a recent study, scientists exchanged the regular high-fiber diets of a group of rural South Africans with the high-fat, meat-heavy diets of a group of African Americans. After just two weeks on the high-fat, low-fiber, Western-style diet, the rural African group showed increased inflammation of the colon as well as a decrease of butyrate. That's a short-chain fatty acid thought to lower risk of colon cancer. Meanwhile, the group that switched to a high-fiber, low-fat diet had the opposite result. So what goes wrong with our gut bacteria when we eat low-fiber processed foods? Lower fiber means less fuel for the gut bacteria, essentially starving them until they die off. This results in less diversity and hungry bacteria. In fact, some can even start to feed on the mucus lining. We also know that specific foods can affect gut bacteria. In one recent microbiome study, scientists found that fruits, vegetables, tea, coffee, red wine, and dark chocolate were correlated with increased bacterial diversity. These foods contain polyphenols, which are naturally occurring antioxidant compounds. On the other hand, Foods high in dairy fat, like whole milk, and sugar-sweetened sodas, were correlated with decreased diversity. How food is prepared also matters. Minimally processed, fresh foods generally have more fiber and provide better fuel. So lightly steamed, sauteed, or raw vegetables are typically more beneficial than fried dishes. There are also ways of preparing food that can actually introduce good bacteria, also known as probiotics, into your gut. Fermented foods are teeming with helpful probiotic bacteria, like lactobacillus and bifidobacteria. Originally used as a way of preserving foods before the invention of refrigeration, fermentation remains a traditional practice all over the world. Foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, tempeh, and kombucha provide variety and vitality to our diets. Yogurt is another fermented food that can introduce helpful bacteria into our guts. That doesn't necessarily mean that all yogurt is good for us, though. Brands with too much sugar and not enough bacteria may not actually help. These are just general guidelines. More research is needed before we fully understand exactly how any of these foods interact with our microbiomes. We see positive correlations, but the insides of our guts are difficult places to make direct observations. For instance, we don't currently know whether these foods are directly responsible for the changes in diversity, or if something more complicated is happening. While we're only beginning to explore the vast wilderness inside our guts, we already have a glimpse of how crucial our microbiomes are for digestive health. The great news is, we have the power to fire up the bacteria in our bellies, fill up on fibers fresh and fermented foods, and you can trust your gut to keep you going strong.
0: your goals are to lose weight, gain muscle, or both, food composition really is a lot less important than people think. When it comes to being healthy and consuming nutrient-rich meals, there are differences between different foods, of course. I'm not saying that there's not. There's definitely differences. That's why I have an entire section dedicated to just this and just what I call healthy eating. As long as you follow the guidelines I showed you regarding calorie consumption and macronutrient intake, you'll pretty much be guaranteed to reach your goals.
1: as a nonprofit founder? I'm going to answer that question in this video. Let's get into it. Hey y'all, this is Tiffany with Boston the Budget. I help new and small nonprofits get up and running. If you need help or know someone who needs help with their nonprofit, subscribe to this channel because I drop a video every week. Okay, so I'm going to answer this question pretty quickly, but I want you to stay with me because there are a bunch of caveats and things you need to understand. So can you take a salary as a nonprofit founder? Yes, you can. But there are some things that you need to consider. So let's talk about that. So first of all, you need to understand the difference between staff and board. Okay. So ideally in a nonprofit organization, there's a fine line between the board directors and the staff. So the board provides oversight over the organization as a whole, and they are legally responsible for the organization and there are some things that they pay attention to. They provide oversight over the executive director, they manage the finances, and make sure that the organization is basically following the rules. Staff deal with the day-to-day work. They make sure that the organization and the work you do with clients or your participants is happening, It's functioning, right? Those are two different roles. Ideally in a nonprofit, the board is separate from the staff. They don't do the same thing. So if that's the case, then the board don't typically get paid for the work that they do because they're not necessarily considered staff. But the staff do because they're performing a job and they're getting compensated for the job that they have. So if you want a little bit more explanation of can board members be paid, I have another video that I'll put in the description box below where I answer that question. Um, the answer is yes, but again, more caveats. So check out that video, make sure you look at that video. But I wanna go a little bit deeper with that point so you can understand how nonprofits actually function and how it actually plays out. So I talk a lot in my videos about the different phases of nonprofits. So nonprofits go through development. They have the infancy stage and then the childhood and adolescence and so on and so on. As a new nonprofit, you're in your infancy stage. So the reality is when you are very new, the board and the staff are essentially doing the same thing simply because you probably don't have the money to pay staff and the board are the people who have to get the organization up and running. You have to do work, right? You have to prove that what you're doing is making an impact. So you have to start the work. So a lot of times the board and the staff are the same thing. The board is doing the actual work. So that line is very, very blurred between the board and the staff eventually as you start to grow up in your organization there's a bigger distinction and that line gets a lot clearer but in the beginning it's completely reasonable that the board is doing some of the functions of staff perfect example is a lot of nonprofit founders start on the board but they know eventually they're going to phase into the executive director position but because they're on the board they're doing a lot of the work they're holding meetings or doing the support groups with the clients or they're delivering meals and all that kind of stuff. So it's completely reasonable that nonprofits do that in the beginning, but ideally you want a separation from that once you grow up. Once you know you are up and rolling and you have a pretty substantial budget, the board should stay out of the day-to-day work and do their oversight duties and make sure the budget is straight and. The financing is good and the staff should be able to function to be able to serve the organization and serve your clients. So, I just wanted to get that distinction out of the way because, as you are, if you are a board member in the beginning and you want to get paid because you're also doing the work, I don't recommend that you do that because board members typically don't get paid. And you may be confused because because you're like, well, I'm doing the work. Why wouldn't I get paid? ideally you want to transition into a staff position and then once you transition into the staff position then you can be paid if you transition from the board to if you're the founder and you want to transition from the board to staff the board have to vote on that they have to establish that you're going to be the executive director they need to document the process they chose to select you they need to document the process for identifying what Your pay will be, and they need to make sure it's reasonable compensation for the type of work you do. So they're going to look at the industry that you're in to see what the comparable salaries are. And also they should consider where you are in your development. You're not going to go from zero to 70,000 a year unless you've prepared for that as an organization. So they also need to be mindful of that. And if you're on the board before you transition, you're not a part of that vote you're not a part of that decision so that it can be completely independent, independent and fair. Okay, so say that you're a nonprofit founder and you want now want to transition to be a staff person. Here's a couple more things you need to think about. Are you gonna to transition to be an independent contractor or an employee? Now, the IRS has very clear definitions on the difference and you need to be clear on what the difference is because it has an impact on your budget. If you are functioning as an employee, then the organization has to pay payroll taxes for you. That includes social security tax, Medicare, unemployment tax. All that tax has to be paid for you, okay? As an independent contractor, typically the organization will not pay that. You have to pay your own self-employment tax. You have to get a 1099 and pay tax on the income that they gave you. Typically executive directors aren't really they don't really function as independent contractors, right? So the rule, the the way the IRS determines the difference is if you can control and direct the work. So if you have complete control and direction over the results and over the work that you're doing, you're typically an independent contractor. You would bill and invoice a certain way and then get paid that way. But a lot of executive directors function as employees and so that means they would have to get payroll tax and all of that. So you need to make that decision about what you're transitioning to because it has an impact on the budget. So before you sign off for this video, I just want to give you a couple more things to think about. Your next question may be, okay, so I know that I can be paid. I can transition to be executive director or even another position. How do I do that? So I just want to keep, want you to keep in mind two things. First of all, if you want to get paid as an executive director and you want to phase into that, Write it in your budget, so if you know for the first year you want to get paid twenty five thousand dollars, the board has voted on that. Put it in your budget because then that holds you accountable for raising it. If you don't call it out, if you don't name it, it's not going to happen. There's a huge difference between if your budget is seventy five thousand and then you put in your salary and now your budget is a hundred thousand. You are now responsible for making up as an organization that $25,000 in order to make payroll, right? And you should also have a cushion so that you don't have any interruptions in payroll. So you need to be actually ready to transition into a salary role. You don't wanna rush into this. I recommend that you start putting money away, you start stashing money in a little cushion so that you can support payroll when it's time for you to fully transition to be an employee if you are a nonprofit founder. The other thing I want you to consider when you're trying to pay yourself a salary is the type of money that you raise. Now, typically, if you're getting money from grants, they tend to be more restrictive, so they will dictate how you can spend that money. A lot of times, if you wanna transition to be an executive director, you're doing a lot of admin work. Admin work means you're doing things to support the functioning of the overall organization. It's not necessarily dependent on a program, but most grants, most that you'll find specifically cater to a program and only want you to spend money for that program. As an executive director, you may work a little bit on the program, but you're also working on accounting and HR and supervision and all that kind of stuff that can't necessarily be tied to the program. So keep in mind that you need to raise unrestricted funding to support your salary. If that type of money isn't in your fundraising plan, you're less likely to be able to cover your salary because you're gonna be doing a lot of admin work in that executive director role. So just be mindful of the type of money that you wanna raise when you wanna cover your salary because that really does matter. So thank you so much for watching. If you have questions about how to start your nonprofit and you want to kind of get going with your nonprofit, check out my Nonprofit Startup Workbook. It guides you through all the different phases of the development of your nonprofit so you can be prepared to build a strong nonprofit. Also, if you have questions for me, feel free to visit me at www.bostonabudget.com, and I'll see you in the next video.
0: When she walked through the mall they be turning their heads When she puts on her dress she you know she knocking them dead. Fine as God can make them And whenever she dances She never misses a beat I'm holding on to her hand She knows that i never leave I'm lost in her vibration After all this time It just gets better just gets better Believe when She wants, I put it all in her bag. I like the way that she flown. She gotta work what she has. There ain't no competition. And at the end of the day, she gives the best of her love. She always knows what to say. I place nobody above her. And loving her is my mission. Oh, after all this time, it just gets better. Just gets better. have